This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 417, recorded on September 26th, 2019. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way in your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios. And here, Mike Fall is finally, we've been talking about this for a while. Fall is finally here. Jay, we're sending some cooler weather your way, by the way. But no, fall please has don't. arrived in please Nebraska. <laughs> Fall's <laughs> arrived in Nebraska, right, Mike? Yes, it has. And just in time for Husker game day, those Husker Saturdays are perfect for sitting outside and watching the game, sitting around. And you can even start up a fire at night. Last week, Hannah, fired up, Hannah and I fired up a fireplace outside for the first time and sat around the campfire. It was just, it's perfect. Yeah, fall in Nebraska is pretty great. Of it's not much we, better. It's pretty great. Leaves come down. I mean, uh, it, it makes, it's one of those seasons that makes it worth living here if you put up with a summer or a winter. <laughs> or here spring, in, here you know, right? No, spring yeah. is nice. But of course, we post a show with world-class show notes each week at TheAverageGuy.tv. In this case, HGG417, and they will be there. We'll have a lot of links that you, you might want to follow. Don't forget, you can follow us on our mobile app if you want to download that. Absolutely free Android iPhone. Works great. I just reinstalled it the other day, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty cool. Uh, head out to HomeGadgetGeeks.com, and you can just download it right from there. Best way to listen on the road and uh, stream it live from it. We want to thank our Patreon for subscribers for that as well. Join us in the Facebook group or on Discord, theaverageguy.tv slash Facebook or theaverageguy.tv slash Discord to get that as well. Tonight, uh, Jay Madison is joining us. He is kind of the, the brains and the brawn behind Tech Everything, which is both his site, his YouTube channel, and his Twitter. Jay, welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. Thank you guys for having me. It was great. Yeah. It's great. Good to have you. I've been following you on YouTube for a while, and uh, I've been watching your setups. You're a perfect match for this audience. They love this stuff. And so if you haven't uh, already, you might want to head over to his uh, YouTube channel, just tech, T-E-K, everything, super easy, and subscribe to that um, over there. Jay, how, how often do you think you post your YouTube video now or your YouTube Ooh, channel? That's a great question. I'd love to say every week, but honestly, it's been a little sporadic lately. Um, I try to post at least two videos a month. Uh, typically, that's usually what it is. In the next, during the winter, I'm definitely going to ramp up. So it should be around every week. I really want to hit that every week mark at least. Yeah. yeah. Do you find if you're posting more, is it getting more engagement that way? Does it drop off Absolutely. a little bit? Okay. Yeah. So if you don't post, like I, I just posted a video on Sunday, this last Sunday, and I hadn't posted one, I think, in, in over a month at that point. If you, YouTube, the algorithm, if you don't post regularly, they definitely ding you and they don't mm. post your video as much. You know, your subs don't see it. And also, it doesn't go up in the recommended section as much. So you definitely feel it. But for my lifestyle and, and where my channel is, it's just I can't really post consistently all the time. So you just got to kind of roll with it. Wait a minute! You're not like a full time YouTuber, and that's all you do. You just you, <laughs> not you, a full time YouTuber making millions off every video. No, it's yeah. it's. You got fifty thousand subscribers. Just, Isn't that enough? To... Yeah, that's I'm 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 a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's not. I'm not a full time YouTuber at all. Uh, I, I think most people, um, 
I will say that most people, when they switch to YouTube, you can tell just based on how frequently they start posting the type of content that they make because it becomes a business all of a sudden, you know, and that's fine. I get it. That's, that's totally normal, but I really want to keep this as, as light and fun and easy as possible for me and fit YouTube into my life. Obviously I work full time. So that's, that's really where I, where I am with that and, and how I want to keep it at least for the, for the short term. Yeah. No, it's good to know. I mean, it's good to have that, like, you know, kind of what you want to do and you know, your limitations yeah. and, and those, your website, everything tech, all one word, I'm sorry, tech, everything, all one <laughs> word. you got a lot of reviews out there, which was first. Mm-hmm. Did you do your website first and then move to YouTube or was it YouTube or did it come together? Yeah. So funny story, actually for this, we'll, we'll take a trip down memory lane. Yeah. So when I was 23, 22 ish, a wee lad, um, I started a site a different site called Tech Raider, which I thought was very cool at the time. Uh, and it was basically the same concept, except it was just a more general tech tech site. I, I coded this website by myself by hand. It was horrible. It's a nightmare. Um, I had a YouTube channel that's still up. It's all bad. It's just, it's brutal. But uh, that was my first site. So I started a website first, started doing articles, reviews, iPhone reviews, anything I could get my hands on. Uh, that failed. Obviously, it was bad. I didn't know what I was doing. So I stopped that. And then I started this up again when I was 29, I guess. So that was like three or four years ago. Um, and then I started with the YouTube channel first. So that was a goal. I decided that you, that video was the way that kind of everything was moving. You know, printed press and, and articles on websites, that's fine. But I wanted that to kind of support the video. So you watch the video, you get a general idea, you like the thing. You can click to the article, see more pictures, more images, links, all that fun stuff. So definitely a YouTube channel came first and I kind of launched the website right along with it. Um, and they just kind of work hand to hand. They, they feed each other and, and it's worked so well so far. Do you find uh, with your website, are you, do you get as much feedback on your website as you do on the YouTube channel or is, does most of it come in through YouTube? Yeah, I'd say probably 85% comes through YouTube. I mean, YouTube is more of a social platform. People searching on the, on the site, they a lot of the people that come to the site came from YouTube in the first place. So right. yeah, uh, it's, it feeds the other way around. around exactly, right? it, it kind of feeds the site. I mean, in the early days when we were blogging more than we were pod, well, we were podcasting and blogging, right? And then mm-hmm. the site was everything, and so people would go to the site and leave comments and. Right, it was pretty easy uh, to yeah. to do that. You're for for your job. Uh, well, tell us. I won't say it, but you, you tell us what do you do for a living? What what, what kind of stuff do you do? You, you're not doing this full time. You got to make some money no. somehow for that those sweet that sweet rig that you got behind you. What, I'm actually, uh, what you uh, I am a circus clown, so I work <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got my clown suit back there. Yeah. No, I, uh, <laughs> I work in tech, so obviously that's a yeah. natural extension. Uh, I work in SEO, so I'm a technical SEO. Um, if anyone doesn't know what that means, search engine optimization. So basically I do that for e-commerce websites. So basically we make them work better and make more money, long story short, and do a little front-end development. That's kind of what my background was. Um, yeah. So that, that's that's the the where the money comes from, I guess. Yeah, that's what that's what pays the bills, right? Yeah. Jay, how'd you how'd you get interested in tech? What was the for you? What was the spark that kind of got you in this space? What age? What, what what really turned it where you really wanted to do tech stuff? I thought about this a lot because people ask this question because it's like a very if you meet me in public, you wouldn't be like, oh, that guy runs a tech review site. You know, it's like see, it's like kind of a little bit random. Um, but I think the true genesis was playing with Legos when I was a kid, building with my hands. I always loved building and tinkering. Um, 
I was the kind of kid who would take things apart, my Nintendo, my Game Gear, remote controls, anything. So I think it's always kind of been there. And I grew up with my dad. He always had stereos and speakers, and he was making stuff and doing cool stuff. So I think it was kind of put in me from a young age. Even going through high school, I played sports, but I came home, and I wanted to tinker and and game and do all that stuff. So it's been pretty consistent, honestly, throughout my whole life. Um, I think I fell into the PC side of it a little later in life because obviously that's that can be an expensive hobby um you know you can play video games and game boys all day long but i started off there uh did gaming then i fell into home theater that was kind of my first love and first foray into tech then i slid now obviously into the pc space and now into the small form factor pc space so it's really all interesting to me honestly i love pretty much all things tech um it could be anything from tvs I, i really love home theater as well uh, but that's that's kind of the genesis, I guess I'd say. Why form? Why small form factor PC? Like what 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 has gotten you into that niche? Because that's super nichey, right? When we think yeah. about the PC space. But what is it about that? And I know you've done some yeah. reviews. You talk about that on your channel quite a bit. But mm-hmm. what interests you about that? And is that the most interesting thing in tech right now for you? Uh, that's a good question. I would say what interested me at least initially. One, I just thought they looked cool. To be perfectly honest, you know, I, I just thought it was really cool having an ultra compact system that you could slide on your desk. I mean, you can see in my in the, my background, I guess, right there. That's a full PC case right there. You know, it's, it sits right on top of the tabletop. Uh, and I also thought that some of the larger systems, the traditional ATX cases, that sort of thing, they were just getting stale. I mean, it was just a black box with a glass panel. They all kind of look the same. Throw some LEDs in there and some fans. And I really, I really thought that was a little bit boring. There were a million channels doing that also. And I, if I was going to make a YouTube channel on a site, I wanted it to be for something unique that people could actually learn and get something from. So there's a small from factor community that has a small community. Um, so kind of needed some exposure, I thought, and there was really no one doing it. So I figured that would be a good way for me to, to go out and, and get it some exposure and, and have some fun doing it. Well, we'll, I'll take this opportunity to thank Ryan Kirshner, who came on two weeks ago. He did some cases big and small. We we covered that whole gamut. And, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's interesting in the tech space, although I think on the higher ends of the bigger cases, there's some interesting, like, you can really spend some money on on some of those cases, right, and and, and kind of deck them out and and get get everything and they've got they've got some nice design uh kind of you know in them as well in the small so if i'm today maybe i don't i haven't followed the the small pc market what kind of things what are people talking about there what's the you know in in these niches there's always something they're trying to get them faster or cooler or yeah right everybody's a race for something what is that mm-hmm. in, in the mini or the the micro pc market so I guess typically what people are always talking about is power supplies and cooling. So there's always a struggle to find a smaller and smaller power supply and then a cooler that is compact but can also handle these larger parts. So, you know, like a 8700K powerful six-core chip, not super crazy hard to cool, can fit in most small form factor systems. The newer 9900Ks, not so much. So it's always a race against heat thermal dissipation and trying to find a cooler that can handle uh, cooling those CPUs in these kind of cases. And then also, typically, it's what graphics card you should pick. So you have a very limited supply if you're going with an ultra compact system, and there are always these single fan, small form factor cards. So it's picking the right card, 
what games do you play? What are you willing to be without? Because there's typically compromises associated with these kind of systems. Uh, and that's, that's really typically it. Uh, there's a lot of really cool power supplies that are coming out. So if you, I don't know if you guys are familiar with HDplex at all. Mm. Have you heard that name before? Mm. So there's a site called hdplex.com. Really simple. I reviewed a few of their things. I think the HDplex 300, but they make uh, DC-DC power supplies. It's basically a board that goes inside your case and then there's an external power brick. So you can power some really monstrous small form factor cases and basically have all of the heat generating components sitting outside. So there's been a lot of movement lately in in that kind of department where you're seeing some really cool power supplies and really unique builds in compact cases. And that's typically what, if you go on the forums, what people are talking about. And also scratch builds, custom cases. There's always a new custom case manufacturer. You can see behind me, I have a bunch of them just on the wall. I've got a million more in the closet and some more actually in the mail on the way. So there's always a new case design, tweaking this and that, adding ventilation, taking it away, adding a fan spot. You know, there's an endless supply of tweaking and tweakers out there uh, really, really driving this thing. So if you're taking all that stuff external, right, you're taking all the heating components outside, why not just put it in a bigger case and put it all together? Like what, what is the benefit yeah. there? Where, where, what's that niche market? What are they looking to accomplish by still having a small form factor, but take all that stuff external? The, I guess the number one thing I hear is portability. So you can have a compact system, throw it in a bag, land party, friend's house, whatever it may be. Most of these systems are for gaming. So a lot of them are, are you know, hardcore gamers that want more power than a laptop can provide. Uh, or they have two places. They live one place. They have an office over here, something like that. Uh, also flexibility, you know, you can store or, or put that case in a much smaller space and you can either say tape the power supply or the actual brick underneath your desk, move it around. You can do all sorts of crazy things when they're separate. So it is a little bit, uh, it's kind of like having a car and a trailer versus having a truck, something similar right. like that, you know? So there are some advantages. Now, when you start getting into the external PSUs, does it always make sense? No, not necessarily. But once again, sometimes it just looks cool. You know, you just yeah. have a case that you like. Well, I'm thinking even like, you know, a home theater setup, right? Where if you only need, like I think of my setup right now, I wouldn't be able to fit a full case, but I could, like you said, I could tape that power supply to mm-hmm. the back if I needed yep. to. But as far as the outward facing, it would look really sleek to have, if I needed it, right? A small mm-hmm. form factor or for gaming, same sort of thing. So, okay, yep. interesting. So getting that out of there allows you to kind of hide that fact, but also still have that sleek, good looking, portable exactly. experience. And there are also internal bricks. So you take that external brick, shrink it, put a metal shroud around it, and put it internal. Uh, and then you can basically, you're separating, think of like an SFX power supply, which are the smallest power supplies that we have in, in mass systems. I guess you'd say mass market systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically cutting that in half you know, and moving them around in different parts of a case. So it just gives you a little more flexibility. You can do things that you couldn't normally do with a full-size power supply. Is there kind of a race in that market to get for, especially for gamers, because you they're they're kind of driving this space, right? They want to mm-hmm. have these small form factors, but get the most power. Is it? Do you feel like there's still room? Are they on a regular basis? Are they getting more and more powerful, or do you feel like? Yes. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Uh, we we've got DC DC power supplies that do 800 watts now. So I mean, wow. it's that's ridiculous. That's more power than you're really going to ever fit inside of a compact case. Um, there's a guy on Small Form Factor Forum. I'm probably going to plug them a lot because that's a great resource if anyone cares about Small Form Factor computing. Um, there's a guy, a 
guy. There, a lot of this stuff is driven from Asian creators in terms of actual power supplies, it seems. So it's called G Unique. I did one video on one of his units that was a 400 watt power supply, uh, but he has some incredible just board power supply. So you just have a simple plug that goes into your computer and everything else is done externally in his custom modded bricks. And you can get some crazy power figures. Is it safe all the time? Uh, sure. <laughs> sure, it's safe, but you know there are risks associated with some of those things. It's not Corsair, you know what I mean? There's not the extensive testing that's done with some of the major manufacturers, but hopefully that changes in the future. If they see these things moving in numbers, you know, hey, we sold 20,000 units of X case and X power supply, it might pique their interest. So that, that's kind of like my hope in the future that may, that big manufacturers do take up this charge and kind of develop products that, that fit into small form factor cases, but do have that support of a major manufacturer. That's like, uh, I'm into ham radio and mm -hmm. they took, so every ham radio needs a power supply. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's usually external. And this company started taking these 100 to $200 power supplies and they took everything off of it. And they just gave you the the guts essentially, and so people were just setting the guts, and it was like thirteen bucks on Amazon. You could like have your switching power supply; you'd be good. And is it safe? Uh, no, don't no. like don't touch anything. But was it thirteen dollars? Sure. Yes. Yeah, I hope that other people start to see though, like maybe you don't need all the fancy. You know, just cover it up essentially, right. and you'll be good. Like the guts worked <laughs> fine. You took the guts out. You charged me a third of the price and it worked just fine. Uh, but it, it, just don't touch it. Right. Like yeah, if hopefully you don't have kids in there because yeah, don't um, even look at it. Just, yeah, don't, don't even look at it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But does it work? Yes, it does. It works yep. very well. Jay, what, uh, what inspired me to invite you on the show is I watched you move and you, you kind of, <laughs> I know that's weird. Like, but you, you moved, you were talking about it on your channel and you were saying, you know, new place, you're taking some stuff over, you know, that, that the rack that you set up behind you, if you want a more yeah. detailed walkthrough of that, oh, Jay has kind of a walkthrough of the rack that's <laughs> back there. You can watch his, go yeah. to his channel and watch that. What was the most <laughs> challenging thing? And you probably have more gadgets than the, than most, right? When we think about, although I don't know that to yes. this channel, you don't have to be a podcaster to have a lot of gear. I like True. these, the, the guys and gals that listen to me here have tons i have nine pcs in my house so like oh, nice. you know it's like we're not you know we're not I'm coming we over run, yeah we don't run short on that equipment and that's really common but when you thought about moving what was the biggest challenge just moving all that stuff and you seem like you're a little bit of a minimalist too like you really like clean lines and hiding things and kind of doing yeah what were your challenges when you were moving was that hard yeah, it's funny that you say that because I, that's another thing. That's another reason why I do like the small form factor systems. They're very simple and just understated. You just put on the desk. It's almost like a piece of furniture. And I think at my core, I definitely am a minimalist. This shelf behind me is probably the messiest thing I would allow in terms of just the way it looks. Um, but yeah, I think the, the major thing I was looking for was a place that had also, obviously, I wanted to be able to live comfortably and have a nice apartment, but I also wanted a place where I could reasonably create um, and have a good space that was functional for me and for videos. So before I didn't necessarily have a dedicated studio, uh, now I kind of do. And as you can see, if you if you saw that video, which you did, or, or if people want to check it out, uh, I've got this kind of custom shelving behind me there, custom Ikea, you know. Uh, <laughs> it works. It works. Yeah, it, it works. Uh, and but the room is really tailored and built around presenting the products that I have.
in a way that's you know helpful for people that are watching videos and also letting me create in, in a way that I want to create. But also it's livable. You know, I can watch the game on the couch over there. I can have friends over. I can sit at my desk. It's relaxing. I can look out of the window. It's 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 really it's really a functional space that also works uh, for business, which I guess you could call this as well. Is your TV to the? I guess it would yeah, be. Yeah, so my TV is this over direction. Here. Yeah, I would oh, move oh, my camera. But yeah, yeah, no, no, that, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I've got the 55 inch OLED, which is a must. If you don't have an OLED, I would say just get one, just please. Is it I is it worth it. the price? Is it worth the sticker price? <sighs> if you care about image quality at all, I'd say absolutely yes. Okay. It, it, I'm the kind of person where if the blacks aren't perfect, if it, you know, contrast is off, it bothers me because I've just been living with tech for, you know, 20 years. But some people care about that sort of thing. Some people don't. For me, it was absolutely worth the money. Now, it's it's expensive for sure. Um, but if you like home theater at all, you got in, you watch a lot of HD rips or, or, or blue, 4K Blu-rays like I still do. Yes, I still buy Blu-rays. Um, it's worth it. That, well, that's what I've been wondering because my wife and I have been holding out for like we don't even have 4K yet. We we're like we need mm -hmm. like when 4K first came out, we're like I know it's getting good. Let's wait until it's really good before we upgrade. Yeah. We're fine. We, we have a 60 inch 1080P, and to be honest, it, it's okay. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. The next one we upgrade to, we're about ready to upgrade. Is it worth it to go that extra mile for the OLED? You say yes. I think if some other people I've heard say yes, and, and yeah. you know, because we I mean, do, we have the high high definition rips. Right, we're watching. Mm -hmm. I, you know, would do you notice it in like a Netflix or you know Apple? I don't know where you get your movies from, Apple, mm -hmm. Microsoft, anywhere. Do you notice in that situation as well? Absolutely. So the great thing about Netflix is they hold all of their creators to the same standard in terms of video quality. So everything's going to be everything new at least is going to be 4K HDR. You can absolutely tell when you're watching a 4K HDR show versus their standard HD, you know, a okay. 1080p movie. It's, yeah. it's really noticeable. HDR specifically is something that even if you don't get going OLED, get a TV that's bright enough to do actual real HDR. The brights uh, and the contrast, it, it really is very impressive. So it really does add a lot. And then you also get an expanded color gamut with that. So it's it's definitely worth it for me, but I'm a crazy person, so I don't I don't really know. <laughs> it's really up to you. I'd say if you have like a this is kind of what I tell people. If you have like a dedicated room where you watch movies and TVs and stuff, then and you can get a sixty plus inch TV, go for it. If you just are very casual, you know you're watching you know uh, Friends reruns and and football, it, it probably doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what's your box of choice right now as far as a media box? So what are you using to power all that 4K content? What's your app of choice or, or sorry, box of choice? So I have a active HDMI cable that runs from my PC on my desktop okay, and PC. Is routed, yeah, routed to my, my actual TV. And then also it has, obviously I use all those streaming apps, Amazon, Netflix, all that good stuff. Yeah. They all have really good 4K content actually, which looks almost indistinguishable from actual Blu-rays, so which is great now. I mean, streaming's gotten a lot better. Um, I don't really use any game systems, actually, outside of a Nintendo Switch, which is just fun. Uh, so it's really all PC streaming, basically. I think it's important for people to think about, right? They think about the TV so much, and then they're like, okay, 
what are you going to use to power that 4K content? How are you going to mm-hmm. get that into your TV? Not many average people you know, are going to have the PC to hook up to it. So what right. are you going to use, right? Is it an Xbox One? Because that does do 4K, HDR. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have to pay some money. You're not just going to be able to do the $30 Roku stick. That's not going right. to do it anymore. And the majority of people I help out, because everyone at work, you know, when you're the, when you're the guy, the IT guy, <laughs> they always come to you with the questions. Hey, I got this stick, but I'm thinking about getting this awesome TV. I'm like, Okay, that's great. You're going to have to upgrade that, though. So what are you using to, you know, is it an Apple TV 4K? Is it something? And like, oh, you mean I can't (laughs) just like use that? And so it's it's that it's the full kind of process. So it's interesting that you use the PC. I think Mm -hmm. that probably is the best way to get, you know, the highest quality image to your TV, right? I mean, think about the graphics card you have in that thing. Think about all the processing power, everything you have behind it. That's probably going to be the best. Yeah, and you get the added benefit of being able to play games. So I can just pop on a game if I want to play 4K. Do you do that often? I do. I do it pretty regularly. I don't have enough time to game as I used to. Yeah. But when I do, it's it's nice to just just get on the couch and pop in like The Witcher three in 4K and just watch my computer struggle to do it. But you know, it's still fun. Right. A couple of comments from the chat room. Uh, Schlumpy says IKEA is great. Built a DJ <laughs> table from there, and then says we were talking about OLED news tickers. Uh, can be harmful, right? When we talk yeah. about J- Joe said, scared burn-in. of the burn-in, I have kids. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, yeah. right? The burn-in, has, they've gotten a lot better, uh, especially the newer models, the screen shift and some of the other technologies they use, but it's definitely still a risk. You know, you've got super bright images and the organic nature of, of OLEDs, it's tough. There, there's definitely a risk. If you have kids that are watching Sesame Street or whatever, what, is that a show kids still watch? Yeah, oh, yeah. Mike kids Mike's are, got my, kids. Yeah. yeah, I got a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. Sesame Street is very popular in our house. All right, so I'm still current with the kids. All right, good, good yeah, to know. Yeah. yeah, so whatever they watch, yeah, that can get burned in, super, for sure. So, Jay, explain that to oh. me, though. So I, I maybe I don't understand that. How does – you know, I burn in for me is – you leave something on your computer on for a long time and it burns into that screen, right? It's the same image. But with something that's changing all the time, what am I concerned about with burn-in? So if you're constantly changing, then you really have no issue. Um, but if you leave like a static image on the screen for extended period of time, and it's not, you'll hear people say like a half hour. It's really not that dramatic. We're talking hours. and then So it's when kids leave pause and leave the TV right. on and walk away for hours. Okay. Exactly. Gotcha. Or you That's watch like, uh, you know, a news network. You watch like Fox every day. You're watching the morning news or whatever it is. Right. And it's burned in every day for three hours, four hours, and then just keeps happening. Stuff like that can lead to burn-in on the OLEDs. But if you're just using a TV normally, you know, like casually yeah. watching change of the channel, you should be fine. Like I haven't had a single issue, and I watch football all day Sunday. That, that score box is burned in, so it, it's really not as big of a deal as people make it out. The score box, you know, there was a day, there was a day they didn't show the score. I wasn't, I when I was when I was growing up, you'd have to wait to the commercials. To get the score. Um, Jay, if you sound like I said I had to walk uphill both ways in the snow, yeah. being an old guy when I was old, when I was young. Um, Jay, if you couldn't, you use your PC to drive your uh, to drive your TV. Are you a Plex guy at all? And if you didn't have the PC, what do you think you'd drive it with? I used to be the home media server guy. I, I used to do Plex. Oh, you would, you would fit in this community well. Yeah. That's what our community loves. I was big, big into that uh, yeah. back in the like the ripping days, which mm-hmm. aren't as prevalent because of streaming now. Um, but I still have Plex. You know, I still have probably five, six hundred movies and tons of music. 
but I find that I'm not using it as much as I used to simply because because I can turn on my Netflix and or Amazon and basically stream the same movie. But I, yeah, I do have it. Um, I have a secondary media PC that's set up just for that, hooked up to my router. Um, so I, yeah, I do have Plex, but I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm super into it as much as I used to be. Mm-hmm. Kind of something I gotta I gotta get back into. Yeah, why? Why do you have to get back into it? I mean, it's it. It, it, streaming has taken over, right? I mean, it has. Just, yeah, but you kind of feel I, bad, don't you? Like, because it was I such do. a love for so long. I do, and I also don't trust the streaming platforms oh. that they're going to have everything I want when I want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If something leaves Netflix, then I got to go hunt for it on twelve different platforms. That to me is annoying. Uh, I really want to make sure I still have at least my favorites all backed up in some sort of sort of HD format. So I think when I get a house and a home theater set up. Because I'm still in a two-bedroom apartment here, um, that's the next step. Then I'll probably go back to home theater room, Plex, everything, popcorn, all that fun stuff. And I think really for Plex, they saw that coming. So the live TV, you know, right, getting an antenna and being able to have Plex as your now your DVR, that mm-hmm. was huge for them because that's really yep. what kept my wife and I in it was. Well, okay, maybe if we don't everything streamable, but our mm-hmm. our local channels plug an antenna that's in our attic and we've got live TV, we've got all of our recorded shows and it's there and it's there when we need it. So I think they they've kind of seen that too where mm-hmm. the streaming has gotten to a point where it's so much easier. I'm not paying for hard drive space. Right. Uh and it, yeah, I I'm kind of I've been with, I'm with you there. We've 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 stayed in it because of those certain niche things. Um number one especially for our kids, they watch things over and over and over. It's the PBS and that's a that's something I can DVR on the Plex. Right, right, and, right. And uh then not chew up my bandwidth cap because they have it on 24/7. So it's 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 those sort of niche things that that keeps Plex alive. So you you store everything in the cloud. You don't keep like a local NAS or anything like that. Me? No, yeah. I do. I have a I have a big server, uh, not big. I mean, it's thirty six terabytes. Okay. Um, but it's it, that's my Plex. It stores everything locally. I don't I don't oh, put nice. anything in the cloud. I run. Oh, uh, uh, I misheard you. Uh, yeah, sorry. I run Nextcloud. So for all okay. my files, so like as a Dropbox replacement, um, everything I do is local. My password manager is Bitwarden, which is mm-hmm. local, open source. Nice. So I'm actually really. That server, if it bit the bit the dust, I'm kind of in trouble. I back up to the cloud uh, in certain circumstances, but uh, no, I do everything local. Uh, I love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah, but we but for everything else, for streaming, we're Netflix, yeah. we're Amazon, we're we're all of them, right? It, does, it hasn't saved me any money because I'm still paying for all the streaming services. YouTube TV for cable. Uh, how's that? How do you like YouTube TV? How, how's that? I love it. Absolutely okay. love it. Um, the only downside, I'm a huge. My wife and I watch. There's not an NFL game we don't watch. Mm-hmm. One of them might be playing right now on this yep. other screen. Yep. Um, so like, there's not a game we don't watch. <laughs> Without Red Zone, uh, we we do it where I mean we pay her parents who have Dish and we get their login <laughs> uh, for NFL Red Zone, and, and so we log in with that. That's the only channel we miss. But other than that, it's it's you know unlimited cloud DVR. Watch it mm-hmm. wherever we want. And for $55 a month, that's a fraction of the price of what we were yeah. paying before. So I thought about switching. I thought about switching. Um, Who do you have? I have, I have Comcast. And now, you're paying for is, cable through them? Yeah. So I have okay. cable and internet bundled, which yeah. is obviously yeah. a nightmare. But I thought about switching. I, I still want to cut the cord, obviously. But what yeah. concerns me, honestly, is <laughs> with the proliferation of all these streaming services. So now we have Apple coming out. It's going to be ten ninety nine a month times seven, which 100%. essentially is going to be the same as paying your Comcast bill, which is you know right. that's fine, I guess. 
But it's almost like, what's the point? I might as well just keep Comcast at this, yeah. at this point. And it yeah, comes I down think. to, I think there's a there's a fine line. You just do the math. And whatever the math comes out to, right? For us, with the amount of boxes we were paying for, it, it was just ridiculous. Like yeah. Because we have these TVs where we need to sometimes watch cable. And I'm not the type to go move a box just to watch it. But like her parents are in town. They're in the guest room. They need a box, right? right? Or yeah. you're out, you know, and we have like the outside. So like it was just for us, we were paying almost $60, $70 in boxes. Yeah. And so you just got to do the math for you. If, you know, back when we were in our apartment, we had no problem paying cable because it was just us. And it yeah. was, you know, two, maybe two boxes. We needed our bedroom and the living room. And it was great. Um, so it's just, it's, it's a math, it's a math problem for everyone. It's not the best. And you're right. Cause I saw YouTube TV just jumped up again to $55. Uh, right. they've started, I started paying $35 for them and now I'm paying wow. 55. Right. So like, what is this going to yeah. end up being? Yeah, I'm in yeah. that that's without HBO. That's without Showtime. There's no add-ons there. That's just the basics, but they get all the sports, right? They have FS1. Right. They've got every single sports channel you could imagine, except well, nice. for NFL Network. Um, okay. <laughs> still waiting for that. Yeah. Uh, so so the, there's, there's give and take. So NFL on YouTube is great now from a highlight standpoint. So, Mike, I can't watch every game on there. And right. so NFL has their own channel now on YouTube. And within an hour of the game being over, they're producing full highlights that you can just go view yeah. on YouTube. And it's freaking amazing. So Sundays, yeah. I'll watch one of the games. And then in between, or Sunday evenings, in between the last set of games and Sunday night, I just start rolling, just ripping through the highlights, right? You yeah. Know, you can kind of catch every game. That's kind of kind of sweet. So, you know, where I, you know, I just don't have time to sit and watch every single game. Although, so for the first time ever, Sunday, I was in Gainesville, Florida. Had nothing to do in the evening. And I watched my very first complete game in a sports bar ever like i've never <laughs> i've never done that i've never had the time or even wanted to and we're you know nothing to do in town i'm gonna say i start, i gotta start doing that a lot more that was pretty, that was what, pretty uh, great. nice who were they playing was it a Buccaneers watched, game or no we watched Dolphins? the we watched the end well we watched them all so we watched okay. the end of the chiefs uh the end of the chiefs game so we came in chiefs ravens quarter. yeah chiefs yeah. ravens Came watched the end of that, and then we stayed and watched all those afternoon games uh, that were <laughs> there on. There was a bunch, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. where we sat, all TVs. I was like, man, I this is kind of nice. I don't have to pay for the NFL ticket. Uh, I did pay for the beer. That uh, that was uh, <laughs> you, you do you do a couple um, do a couple of those. But so it didn't. Um, so Jay, do you find with as busy as you are working, making YouTube? This this is my problem. By I'm so busy. I'm watching less and less. So I have all these technologies, but I'm watching yep. less and less TV and maybe a little more YouTube than I used to. Do you find the yeah. same thing? Yeah, I, I would definitely say I watch more YouTube than television for sure. Now, there are shows that I like that I, I obviously set aside time for, but I watch a lot of YouTube, like honestly. I wish that they could no. give me like viewer metrics. It would probably be embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> No, I do, do like YouTube. Do you subscribe? Are you kind of like, do you use YouTube like we use our podcast feed where you kind of now, because subscribe, uh, subscription is so good on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Do you find you subscribe and you come home and there's some, there's that little red number up on your YouTube and you just start rolling Absolutely. through your channels? Who's up? Who's up? What am I watching? Yeah. Let's yeah. just roll through it. Do you, do you primarily watch tech or do you find you kind of have a variety of things that you you also watch? I'd say I watch probably 70% tech, 30% sports. I watch a lot of like football scouting videos. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I play a lot of fantasy mm -hmm. sports, so I'm kind of yeah. locked into that. Um, I love sports too. So probably almost maybe tech's here, 
sports is right here, pretty close. But so I, I watch a lot of that, but mostly tech. And also, I do watch uh, a lot of car videos too. Uh, I love cars. Um, so tech related and then sports for sure. Got a got a got a car that you prefer? Do you follow a certain brand or a certain genre of them? I am not a brand loyalist. I don't. I don't. I don't want to be that way with cars because they're all bad, to be perfectly honest. But <laughs> <laughs> I do like the I do like German cars, Audis okay. and Mercedes. I think I have an Audi right now, so that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't want to say I love one more than the other. Actually, you know what? I like McLaren. That's probably my favorite. Ooh, wow. Good choice. That's yeah. a good. Good yeah, choice. That's a they're that's a good call. You're you're in the Philly area. Do you mm-hmm. find is there a tech is there a, like a do you have a local tech community <clears throat> that you do stuff with or is there a do you do anything locally around tech or is it pretty much just through all honestly? Through yeah, I don't I don't do a ton locally. There are I do more with my actual job and work in terms of like presentations speaking than I do um, around actually PC hardware the tech everything stuff. And I think that'll probably change a little bit as I go forward. Uh, for the most part, I've been kind of just honestly a loner about this simply because I didn't want to commit to doing things I didn't have time to do. I didn't want to, you know what I mean? I've had people reach out and say, hey, can we do videos? You, you know, And I just wasn't in a place where that was really practical to do, so I didn't want to commit. Um, but I think that'll probably change a little bit going into the fall, winter here, and then going out to the next year. I would like to do like a local podcast or something, do some events here, you know, anything I can. Um, but yeah, I have a couple of friends in the area, you know, that, I, that I've grown up with and stuff that are into tech, but really not a ton of people, actually, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's it's hard. We we've done some Midwest meetups uh, mm-hmm. for we for a lot of years. We get together in Indianapolis, and a bunch of us would, you know, from the Midwest or Texas or whatever, we get together. I guess that's in the Midwest, and <laughs> um, and it was it was fun. We'd get together and do that in on the East Coast. Everything's so dense that you would think that would be easier. I think it happens less uh, in some of those yeah. in that some of that scenario. We're, we're so angry over here. Like, <laughs> you, know, you throw <laughs> snowballs at Santa. Come on. <laughs> there it is. I was wondering how long. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, it's that's what Philly's known for uh, for Absolutely. sure. And you got to be kind of an old guy to know that reference. Uh, yes, it's a good one though. If you actually watch that video, it's on YouTube. It's pretty yeah. funny. It's not, a and I think they did a whole thirty for thirty on that or something. Yeah, there's there's some kind of special on it. It's, they, <laughs> it's great. Um, on tech, everything you're on the website. You do you have a lot of reviews. You're involved mm-hmm. in some stuff with CES. As you think about in the last, I don't know, let's say summer, mm-hmm. when you think about gadgets that you've reviewed or you've worked on or come through your channel or whatever, what do you? And, and we talked a little bit about the small form factor PCs, but on the gadget side of things. Right. What 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 gets you excited? What do you like? To, what do you what do you like to follow? What do you like to review? What are your, some of your favorite things to review um, outside of the PC space? I think outside the PC space for sure, and stuff that actually I have a video I'm probably going to produce for this weekend. Uh, the audio space and headphones. Like I've been super super excited about headphones. Uh, actually, funny enough, I've got Focal Elex here, so that's one, and then I've got. What else do I have? Oh, the uh, Audio Technica R70X right there, and then the Bear Dynamic DT1990. So these are three awesome headphones that I'm kind of going to do a shootout on. Um, I've been super, super into audio silently, I guess you would say. Uh, so that's cool. And then also laptops. I, I really like the direction that Intel's going with their new chips 
and they're pumping out some really awesome laptops. I've got what I have here. I have my Razer Blade Stealth. This is actually an amazing laptop. This is a 13-inch laptop that you can do full 4K video edits on with no issues. Play most games at 30 to 60 frames. Uh, it's got an MX150, which isn't that powerful, but it gets the job done. So I think with these new six-core mobile chips that are coming out, that's super, super interesting. Uh, that and the audio space. So DAX, you know, amps, that stuff is fun to me as well. Uh, that's that's really kind of exciting. I, I'm really excited to see w- where that's going to go in the next year or so. Laptops, huh? I, that's yeah. a that's an interesting space because I just Very. I don't I, you know I haven't you don't hear too much buzz around it because it's, it's typically boring. It's like yeah. a, oh here's a, here's a laptop. It does the same thing. It closes. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they're getting kind of exciting in terms of what they can do versus a desktop. Yeah, I mean that, that's what that's what makes it interesting to me, and that's why I'm really interested in actually hearing what you're doing with those laptops because it's it's the one space to me where you still have some room to really innovate, right? Yep. It's easy to take a desktop PC and just add in new cards and stuff like that, and you can constantly replace them. But what can we fit into the laptop? It's almost right. like why you're into small form factor, right? So it doesn't exactly. surprise me you're into the laptop where it's exactly. I've got a laptop, I can fold it up, put it in my bag, take it. And then I can whip exactly. it out and I can do a full 4K edit, right? Like mm-hmm. when you think of the big, especially tech, like you think of MKBHD, right? When he goes mm-hmm. out to, to Apple, he takes a, if he can take a laptop and edit red footage, you know, right? Exactly. And when, when does it get to that point where you've got all that in the laptop? That's interesting. You know, you kind mm-hmm. of forget that it's kind of a sleeper area where you're like, well, no, this is the one area where we'll probably see the biggest innovation. You know, phones have gotten to the point where, they're phones, right? They, they do phones great. honestly bore me to pieces. They, they, they I, do. I, You've gotten to a point where really all the do. features are there, Yeah, but laptops it, are interesting still. They oh, are. so weird. That's so weird. Are like, you a phone guy? No, but it's just uh, listening to ourselves, like, <laughs> talk about how laptops, which have been around, I mean, forever, are we're excited mm. about, and then phones are boring. I mean, for so long, it's just been blah, blah, phone, blah, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and the newest of this and the newest of that, and this, you know, iOS 13 comes out, and everybody's like, yeah. nah, you probably shouldn't even install it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I got I'm an iPhone guy. Obviously, it's yeah. not because I think that it's the best phone because it's simple, it works, yeah. and I don't really do a ton with my phone. I'm excited for iOS 13 for dark mode. Other than that, mm-hmm. not really that excited about it. But you know, there's some really cool things with laptops. I mean, like uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the Asus Pro Duo at all. Mm-hmm. There's been a bunch of videos and coverage about it, but it's basically a 15 inch laptop that also has a second screen, t- like a touch screen on on the bottom. So you can, you know, you can write, it has pen support. You can slide, like, say, your Spotify, I don't know, Instagram, Twitter feed and do full work stuff there. You can do Premiere Pro, have your all your palettes and stuff that underneath. It's very cool stuff like that. I mean, that's yeah. innovation. That's true innovation. And it's functional. It's not just like a gimmick. It's some someone like me, a gamer, something, you know, you could use that stuff. Have your Twitch stream down there. Uh, it's, it's really cool what, what they're doing. I think yeah. if you even like photo editing, right? You got a color wheel down there. You've got exactly. all sorts of a video editor. You've got a second timeline or something mm-hmm. like that makes a lot of sense. And even yeah. I, I, I would not be upset, and I might even try out a laptop with two screens that just fold together because I've I've typed on an iPad that's been laying down, and it's not mm-hmm. the worst experience I've had in the world. Is okay. it something I want to type out? You know, my my legal documents on right? Like I'm not going to draft an entire agreement on that. But for um, for an everyday laptop where it's mainly video editing, where it's mainly something where I'm not typing too often, 
it's not a bad experience. So yeah. I wonder if we'll start to see more of that, right? That second screen gets a little bigger, gets a little bigger, and maybe our the haptic feedback on a touch screen becomes a little better. So it almost mm-hmm. feels like a keyboard without being a keyboard. Um, interesting. I didn't know that they were incorporating those as much as they are now. And, and Asus, any other brands that are starting to do that that you've seen? I'm trying to think if any other brands have. I don't think anyone has one on the market yet. I would okay. say Asus is doing some really interesting things. They also have um, their Zephyrus line, which is a gaming line. But essentially, the bottom lifts up. You've probably seen that before. Uh, the back side of the bottom kind of lifts yeah. up when you open the screen and lets the air in. That Stuff like that, I mean, that's really amazing. So you can put desktop class chips essentially in there. Um, I haven't seen another dual screen laptop, but I've seen uh, a bunch of thin lights, you know, just a ton of thin lights hitting the market. Everyone's got an aluminum 13 or 15 inch, you know, ultra, ultra book that does great numbers. So that's, that's really exciting for me. You can get a great laptop that can do everything for a thousand bucks to $1,500. I mean, what's well, that, that. like that second screen too, when you look at like the Apple line, I've always been an Apple guy. They have the touch mm-hmm. bar, which is almost, it's almost yeah. like it still changes. The thing I liked about the touch bar is it's where it adapts to what app you're using. If you're in a video editing app, maybe that's the timeline scrubber and some other things where it changes, mm-hmm. but it sounds like Asus took it a step further. Cause I'm guessing the Asus one's a little bit thicker. I mean, look at the, right. the touch bar on the eye on the Apple products is very thin, but mm-hmm. on the Asus, is it an actual usable size? Yeah. So it's, it's basically half of the base. Essentially, that's what it looks it's like. Big the touchpad slides to the to the right side. Then there's okay. a, basically a cu- full keyboard. The touchpad also can convert into a number pad. So I mean, it's got everything covered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. It's a huge. Th- I'm thinking about buying it. Uh, it's very expensive, but I'm thinking I can probably justify it to myself. So. <laughs> Good enough. You think other companies will start to copy? I guess it'll it'll depend on sales. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. I think the design is good. Battery life obviously will be impacted a bit. But it's something geared towards creatives. So everyone wants to be a creative these days, it seems like. So it depends on sales. You know, they're coming out with a 14 inch model that should be a little more affordable. And I think that one might move a little bit better because it'll be under that $2,000 mark. More people can kind of kind of touch on it. But I'm really interested to see actually what Microsoft does. I think their, their Surface event is on the 2nd of October, I believe. Yep. So I, ha- I was a Surface Book user. I had the Surface Book too. I had a Surface... Um, Surface, what did I have, a 3 way back when? Uh, like a, and I like love the Pro those 3 or the 3? Yeah, the Pro 3. Pro so 3. I'm trying, I think that's the one I had. Um, yeah, way back when. I love those devices. I'm interested to see what they come up with next. If they do a folding, they were supposed to have that courier like 10 years ago, a folding mm-hmm. laptop. Um, so I'm, maybe they'll come up with something cool that, you know, echoes, echoes kind of that Asus Pro Duo. Do you, Jay, are you, do you tend with a laptop, do you like touch or do you, would you rather not have that? So on the laptop, I like two things. I like glossy screens for the contrast and sharpness. And I do like having touch. I really do. Just, you might not use it all the time, but when you don't have it, I'm like, you know, poking the screen. <laughs> You're touching it <laughs> anyways. Yeah. <laughs> right? So like, I, I really do like having touch. And I, I think most laptops sh- should have it if they can, even though it definitely costs more. Yeah. Weaker, you're a Mac guy. And of yeah. course, no touch. Do you like touch or no touch on, on a laptop? I do. I like it. Um, well, it depends on. It's got to be. It's got to be done correctly, right? Like there was the old generation of touchscreen laptops, and it was, it was awkward. Like that wasn't natural for me. What I want touches. I wouldn't even. I could give up a touchscreen for the main screen if I had 
what Jay's been talking about, where you almost have that second screen down below. You got something right. to interact with below. It's not natural. I, when I sit at a computer, and it's mainly maybe because of my age, right? Like we've all grown up in the age where we've had a keyboard, we've had a computer. On an iPhone mm-hmm. and iPad, that makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense for me to reach up right now and touch my screen. That's just not natural. But for right. me to look up real quick and, and do a color wheel that's automatically adapting to what I'm doing, scrub through a timeline, um, do those sort of touch gestures, I'm a huge touch guy. I think that would be amazing. But I, I think the way it's currently done, I don't need a touch screen laptop. I need a secondary input. I need it to be more interactive than the way it is. I'm fine. I am way faster with a mouse um, under my keyboard than I am reaching up and actually physically touching the screen. It's just it's just faster for me. Um, but once you start making it more user-friendly and have more features with it, that's when it becomes great. How do you feel about Apple in general and like where they're going in terms of their products? <laughs> you got to ask the hard question. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to ask the hard question. I always find this interesting from obviously yeah. an astute tech tech guy like yourself, what do um, you think about it? You know, I have this conversation a lot, and I would say before this latest launch of iOS and iPhones, I was really disappointed. Um, I think they've just, ever since, you know, it's honestly, if you want to go back to where I can pinpoint, it's when Steve Jobs passed. You can say what you can about him, yeah. uh, about his style and his management style, things like that. But I think that their products drastically changed, um, and they weren't... They weren't taking risks that they used to. They weren't just being on the on the cutting edge like they used to. And I think now they're almost like they're like trying to be on the cutting edge, but not doing a good job of it. Right? It's like mm. we yanked the headphone jack, but like yeah. everything else just flopped on the phone. <laughs> and, and you do a lot of other things. So I'm still a fan, and I still love them, and I use their products. Um, the iPhone line that they just announced brought it back for me. I think that made a lot okay. of sense. So you had they announced the iPhone 11 right? Mm-hmm. They have the price point that's really good, around yeah. $600. And Agreed. when you do a trade-in, I mean, it's like nothing. So yeah. they're, they're doing a great job with the trade-in. And the iPhone 11 is a great... And what So this is what I like about it. You have a great price phone at the iPhone 11. Look at the iPhone 11 Pro. So they, they did announce a Pro model. You have the same processor. Since right. when do you get a lower-priced phone with the same processor highest? And they differentiated in cameras. They differentiated in displays. They differentiated in areas that actually make sense. Um, the processor for a mobile device, it's not going to cost them any more or less to put it in either phone. So that made sense. The right. pros are going to notice the camera. <clears throat> Pros are going to notice the display, and that's where they're making their differentiator there. So I think they did a really good job. I just got my wife the iPhone 11. We have it in hand. It's fantastic. Like everything's good about it. iOS 13 has been great. I think they're making a lot of the the advancements they need to. So so they're making a comeback. Um, I was really worried to be honest. <laughs> I thought I had become a kind of a non-believer a little bit. Jim. Mm-hmm. So the backstory here, Jay, is. Back when Jim and I got first started, uh, when I became a co-host, was that five years ago, Jim? I think we decided. Four, four or five years ago, something like that. brought me on because I had been doing my own podcast about Apple tech. I was a pure mm-hmm. Apple. I didn't have a single non-Apple device in my home. <laughs> and what we found is that when he brought me on the show, it, we, he almost like converted me. I became more of a, like I run home <laughs> servers now. I've got Dell servers. I've got enterprise grade stuff. I've got, and, and so I, I, I never talked about Apple because I've become so infatuated with, oh, there's this whole other side of tech I hadn't explored before. <laughs> And uh, so it failed on Jim's. I, I failed Jim. What are you doing, Mike? You're yeah. supposed to be my Apple guy. <laughs> Apple stuff. I was trying to bring controversy to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but uh, I, I think now uh, the computer space though to be perfectly honest they've been i think they're still killing it with the computers i think what they've Definitely. done if you do the math there are still the people that are going to say you pay the apple tax when you buy an apple machine and you do sure. that's that's not to be uh but they have brought that so far down and you're getting so much for your money now uh, i think especially when they do the calculations on the new um i mean essentially the new pro Monitor. that they announced right like the, mm-hmm. the highest end, right? The, 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 the ones that only the movie producers are going to buy, you're getting a lot for your money. And they're, they're listening to their customers. You got the iMac, the iMac Pro. You've got a, a line for everyone. And I think it makes sense. And I, I'm, I'm happy in the space again. I was really concerned. <laughs> like if you'd have asked me that question maybe eight, 10 uh, months ago, maybe a year ago, I would have been concerned that I was, I was willing to get out. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I think they've, they've bounced back a little bit, but man, when Steve jobs left, how, I mean, I think we all noticed it. Didn't it, oh, yeah. everyone, did you Jay? I mean, I don't know how, when you, yeah. how involved you were with the Apple ecosystem, but it was, it was evident yeah. that when he was gone, they lacked direction. They lacked initiative. Um, and it was, it was really clear. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree. I, I it was it's disappointing because i've obviously i'm not an apple pc user but i've always respected what they're doing from a hardware standpoint uh the design of their products the way that it seamlessly integrates with the software and their os i always thought that that was really impressive and something that windows which is who was trying to obviously emulate that with windows 10 trying to make everything more seamless and honestly more apple like so i always thought that was smart i thought they did a great job with that but i did find their Obviously, their PC is a little bit limiting in terms of what I was trying to do. But I did think after, say, I want to say the iPhone 4, 6-ish, around that timeline, things started to kind of level off in terms of innovation. And it was no longer, this is the iPhone, this is the best phone, hands down, period. It became, oh, here's an awesome Samsung Galaxy. Here's some other things that actually compete. And the same thing with the PC space. Obviously, with this latest round of MacBooks, I thought the, the odd thing with the keyboard where people were having lint get under it and it was breaking, you know, that and the butterfly throttling. Yeah, it was, it was very odd. You know, these were like kind of large missteps that they were making that in the past, it felt like they just wouldn't have made. So I do want them to write the ship. I want them to be there, if anything, to hold Microsoft accountable and make sure that they keep making amazing products as well. So I think they're very important in that respect. And you know what's funny about that is, I say that Apple's back on track. Here's an example of something that drives me absolutely insane. I have an I, what I'm coming to you right I'm broadcasting on right now is an iMac, right? It's an iMac still from uh it's a 2000 Wow. It's older than I think. I'm older than I thought. Uh, it's like 2013. I graduated. It was, it was, I got it right after undergrad before I went to law school. And so it was 2012, 2013. Um, runs great. Runs like a, like a champ. I get Steam on the machine because I want to try mm-hmm. one game. I rarely, I don't try and game on this. I know gaming on Mac is a faux pas. Okay. Yeah. So I get American Truck Simulator, something like that. American Trucker. <laughs> and I love it. It's a great game. If you guys haven't tried, if you're into simulators, I try American Trucker. It's awesome. Same game. I, it is unplayable on the Mac, right? Un- yeah. Unplayable. Like not, yeah. not even I can't look around. You can't do anything. It freezes up. I dual boot this machine. So I run boot camp. I boot it in Windows, mm-hmm. run it, and it runs like a dream. Totally fine. <laughs> the way that Windows can access the graphics card on the Mac, because this thing, although it's not a great graphics card, it's got an NVIDIA GeForce GTX 660, right? Okay. It's got that built yeah. in. 
Um, yeah. Not a great gaming, but enough to do it at 1080p, enough to yeah. get just, you know, for a simulator trucker game, fine. Yeah. But why, when I boot in Mac, the native system, can is this thing unplayable? Same exact game on the Windows side is flawless and great. So those are the kind of little things I'm just wondering, like, those are still the things with Apple that drive me nuts. If I am yeah. running an Apple machine, this should run the best when I'm in the native OS. And mm-hmm. for some reason, and I noticed it when I was a, I tri- Twitch streamed gaming for like all of two months. But when <laughs> I did it, uh, I would run Windows on this iMac, and I could I could fully utilize that graphics card, and I could yeah. pull into my Xbox, do all my uh, you know um, OBS stuff, and stream out fine. I tried to do that when it was booted into Mac, and it was. I only I had to go down to like standard definition because it wow. couldn't even handle it. So same machine, same hardware. Why is Windows running so much better on it? <laughs> it just those are the little things I, I just yeah. in my head and I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the solution is, but uh, yeah. So those are the little things. I, I, I believe it's this in a long time, but enough of that Apple crap, Uyghur. <laughs> Jeez, no, I know it cut me off. I could, I could. Uh, Oh, my listeners are like, when is that guy going to stop? Yeah. <laughs> I think they were worried. Jay, when he brought me on, they were, were like, oh, sh- it was because we've been Microsoft for years. Like it was all it was all Microsoft. It was a challenge to convert me and they did a really <laughs> damn good job. Like they, they converted me. Then uh, they, they had a great time. So it's, it was enough time. We'll convert anyone. You yeah, know? That's right. yeah. I worked. I worked over a lot of people over the years. <laughs> Jay, you mentioned oh, I, we would I would get fired if I didn't ask you. So this we came we come out of a storage show uh, originally. This was home server show came out of this and did okay. that for a lot of years. And we started the show just to talk about stuff besides home storage. But how much if you were to kind of count up all the storage <laughs> you have locally? It's important to us. How much storage do you think you have? Uh, oof, that's a good question. Um, I don't have as much as you'd think, honestly. So I'd say. In here, in my in the office, just for my PC. So um, I just upgraded the PC. So my desktop has um, dual one terabyte, and not NVMe drives, just standard SATA drives, and then dual 500 gigabyte NVMe drives. So that's about three terabytes there. I have a 10 terabyte, just standard Western Digital backup I use for just raw files. That's about it, just video files, everything everything from YouTube. And I think I have. 64 on the NAS, I think. What do you, what are you running? What are you using for a NAS? <sighs> I'm trying to remember. Um, <laughs> been a while. That storage has been sitting there for a while, hasn't it? It's been. A, I don't. I don't want to say. I, here, I'll make a video on the NAS. I don't want to. I haven't honestly touched it in probably a year. Well, yeah. well before the move. So I'll make a full video because I, I might even have more storage than that now. Um, so to everyone who cares, which is just us three, probably. I'll, <laughs> oh, there'll be a few. No, is it a <laughs> custom box though, or is it something like a Synology or a QNAP or a, is it is it like a, a custom? Yeah, it's in its own tower. It's in its own tower. Okay, okay. Free so NAS. I, I had the Synology, and th- those work fine. But um, the power's yeah. out there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I have a, I have tons of just like old CPUs and, and motherboards and stuff hanging out. So it's like, why not just throw it in and, and make it work? You know, so maybe I'll upgrade that. Maybe that'll be the next video. There you go. 
There you go. And well, this in this community, they just love, we love talking about terabytes. So it's like, you know, how much do you have? And I remember in the old days, if you had four terabytes, it was gigantic. Was and now Uyghur's <laughs> like, well, I got a small server. It's 36 terabytes. And it's like, there were days 36 was gigantic. Uh, when I was first, when, I remember when I was working at the bank. Uh, so this would have been 20 some years ago. We built a big data warehouse. And I remember when we got to a terabyte. And they were like, yeah, we just upgraded, you know, it's full terabyte access. And I remember thinking, that terabyte, wow. Because, you know, we talked in gigs at that in those days. Yeah. You'd think, oh, man, that whole da- the whole database is a terabyte. That's gigantic. And today we wouldn't even think <laughs> twice. Like, it's just yeah, crazy. I've as got we, a thumb Jay, drive. It's a terabyte now. No, totally. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jay, as we think uh, looking towards the future, what you and and what, do you, what gets you excited, like, what else is out there that mm-hmm. you get kind of excited about when you start thinking about the future and all the technologies that uh, may be coming up? Scared and excited. I'll give you a double dipper. Yeah, self-driving like cars, uh, self-driving tech, for sure. Going to be awesome. Going to revolutionize, obviously, the way we transport ourselves around places. But also, it could be an absolute nightmare, depending on how this is rolled out. Um, I could probably go on a 30-minute rant about that. I'm not going to do that right now, but that's something that I am interested in and monitoring and, and, and fully aware of. Um, also, obviously, the effect of, of automation and AI, I think that's going to become more important as we go on. Uh, I think the operating system, whether it be macOS, Windows, is going to be more closely tied to these artificial intelligences, quote-unquote, Cortana, whatever it may be, and the computer will do more automatically than we necessarily have to do now. So now it's input type, you know, get a result. I think more it's going to be, we know what you want it to do. You know, you sit here every day at 530, you do these sequences, uh, you're looking at this icon on your screen, we're going to open that, launch this. So I think that'll be cool. Um, VR as well, I would love for VR to become a thing. I'm holding on, desperately hoping that that kind of hangs on because it is very cool. But it's kind of, it seems like it's dying a little bit. Well, is, it just, is, it comes and goes. We get some yeah. good, we get some good, remember Google Glass got real popular and then, yeah. and, and then. So that was we, weird. We went through a, a whole phase of glasses, right? And, and yeah. the, the Snapchat Oculus. Glasses. Yeah. The whole thing remember through. Oculus and everybody, and then it, uh, just kind of, it's like, we know we need to get there. I mean, I think with, mm-hmm. with VR and AR or, you know, or, um, a mixed reality is what Microsoft's calling it now, right? A combination yeah. of the two. I think we know we're going to get there. I just don't think we've got all the hardware in place for the right ideas around it. So, yeah, right? agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're totally right. And there's no, I think what really hurt VR was they never came out with that game, that one game that people right. were like, I got to play this. You know, they never did. And we kept hoping that that was going to be a thing. Cause when Oculus came out in Vive, when they were going back and forth, it had a little pop there, you know, um, mm-hmm. but you can only play Beat Saber for so long mm-hmm. where you, you start getting bored, you know. So, yeah, that, that's that's something that hopefully, I mean, that, that kind of kicks back up and we get some killer game. Like, imagine, you know, an open-world Grand Theft Auto oh. VR. You know, like people would go crazy for that. So well, there, and, there are some cool niche areas. Like I will say, today was the coolest experience I have had with VR. We were at our corporate meeting, so the entire corporation in one place for a meeting. We're building a brand new corporate headquarters. Nice. Our CFO got into VR on stage 
and up on top he's showing us and he gave us a full walkthrough of our new building that we're building and he wow. was talking while he's doing he's like okay look over here and everyone's like no no no, hey what was that and he turns around and he's like and so we're all <laughs> watching on the big screen which is not the typical vr experience right vr is very right. personal one person this was a yeah. really cool use case for it so the architecture firm was there and they put him in VR, and then they let us all experience what this new corporate headquarters is going to be by him wow. being in VR, right? So th totally something I had never – I mean, I, I don't do much in VR, but that was pretty cool. That was a very niche yeah. – I mean, the entire organization was, like, engaged all of a sudden, like – Oh, man, like we had, we haven't, we've seen pictures of what our building's going to look like, but we haven't like, this is what the conference room is going to look like. And, oh, when you walk up these stairs, this is how we're going to experience the open layout. Like they experienced all of that, but so and cool. we would not have been able to do that without VR. It was, it was really cool. I had never thought of that as even an application for VR um, until today. So very applicable that we just yeah. talked about it, but uh, it, it was really cool. So there are these niche little areas. I think that people will find that beyond gaming VR makes a lot of sense. I can, like yeah. if, if I had been my CEO in the meeting with that architecture firm who put that headset on me, let me walk through. Like that's a, that's a, yeah. pretty, I mean, that helps, that helps your sales department, right? Like, that's, you, yeah, that's probably a bid stealer right there. Uh, we're going with you guys. Definitely. Thank you. Here's your like, contract. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. Where, where do I sign? How much money do you want? This is really cool. <laughs> um, no other that's, company allowed me to walk through my building before it's built. Yeah. I don't know. I think the I, Halo lens was cool. That'll be. I think that'll be something that you'll see in similar use, similarly to how you just described it. You know, that yeah. seems to be. I think augmented reality, where you have, you don't need the full processing power of generating the whole world, makes a lot of sense. You know, so right. I think yeah. that we'll see a lot of that. Ho hopefully, we'll see some of that. You know. Right. Um, Within, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. At the same time, are we perfect yet? No. I mean, there were times where our CFO jumped through the ceiling all of a sudden. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa why are we not? He's like, oh, shoot. And he's like, trying to, you know, it's not. Well, that's perfect. a feature of the building. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what he said. He, he came out, he's like, well, I'm in fly mode. So I can technically fly through the building <laughs> instead of walking. So, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect, but it was, it was pretty darn pretty darn near perfect for, for what we have going now. And I, I can tell you, 98% of our company was just odd. Like they were just like in awe, like this is the coolest thing we've ever seen. What what a way to win the organization too for the move? Because a lot sometimes yeah. you when you move, it's I mean it's it's very jarring for an organization to move from one building to another. You think oh it's exciting? No, not everybody's excited to move. They liked right. their cube right. or their office, yeah. right? right? And now it's all new, and we got to do some things different. And so how cool to be able to be able to, you know, to be able to kind of do all a walkthrough. We moved buildings. This was years ago. Now we didn't have that kind of technology, but we did an NF style NFL style draft for seating locations. So people could <laughs> based on um, tenure, you could come up. It was like, you know, and then, so we did big, like a, we did a selection day. And so the people got to come up and we had a big map of the, where they could sit and they could pick their seat kind of based on, and we let them, look at the seating charts in advance. And it was kind of fun, right? You you got to make it kind of interesting. How cool would that have been to have some technology behind that with a big touch screen where they oh, could yeah. go up. In our Washington, D.C. office, we have a gigantic touch screen. And it's probably eight feet by wow. six feet in our office. And they, they put interactive maps and stuff on it. But it, um, how cool would it have been to have that and then yeah. kind of do the touch screen where you hit it and, boop, boop, you know, it pops up the the thing so i think there's some cool jay i actually think your your micro pc um um love is that is going to be a driver for some of this advanced vr ar mixed reality because it's driving things 
faster and smaller. Yeah, right. And, and so I think that space, it's important because we continue to get more improvements on it. And it's helping us figure out how do you keep these things cool? Because, you know, you're right. putting this thing on your head or, you know, <laughs> sure. whatever. And it's like, well, it's got to be light and it can't burn a hole through my head, you know, <laughs> kind of deal. Right. Don't you think don't you think that's uh, that's helping that space a little bit? For sure. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Especially, you know, um, thinking uh, similarly about self-driving tech, you know, tech that has to be small and thrown into a car and be secure uh, for sure. I think that all these things, the minification is, is happening and it continues to happen. Um, just hopefully for, for process in the future, hopefully we can keep seeing gains in CPU tech, keep shrinking the dies. You know, I think we're at 10 nanometer now for, for both AMD and Intel. Um, it's gotten tight there in terms of gains over the last few years. So hopefully that can continue uh, and we can keep seeing these kind of gains and smaller systems that run cooler, but more powerful and more efficient. Yeah. No, right on. Jay, thanks for coming out tonight and putting up with our shenanigans. It's been great to have you on. We got a, kind of a late start. The folks listening to this on the pad, on the podcast, they don't care because they didn't have to <laughs> they didn't have to put up with that. But we had some weird stream yard issues. Jay, thanks for taking the time tonight to come out. I really appreciate it. I'd love to con for you to consider this. You don't have to say yes, but I'd love you to consider. Yes. When you do, like you got those three headsets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. When you got <laughs> those Stop talking, Jim. We got him. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell the audience. So they'll moving to out. Omaha. We get we. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have some room in my basement. Yeah, yeah. it's done. It's <laughs> so, done. No, no. But I'd love like when you have those three headsets and you've gone through them, and you're going to probably make a video about them as well. But I'd love if you're interested after you've got all that stuff out to have you back on to do some live talking about those headsets. Yeah, sure. You know, I, absolutely. Kind of I mean, this was really fun. Or uh, you know, I I didn't. You never know what these things are going to be like, you know, yeah. I, obviously we don't know each other. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> This was awesome. So I definitely, I mean, I, I would love to come back and talk a little audio. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it'd be good to, good to have you back on. Um, we love finding guests who kind of repeat through it and, you know, maybe once a quarter or so come back, talk about, we'll, we got to know you a little bit here today. I think that was the most yeah. important thing is just kind of get to know you and figure out what, what makes you tick and what you like and some of those kinds of things. And then I think, we can get, have you back on and really kind of drill in on some of those things that are really important to, just to make, you. Just or, lose all of your subscribers. Just in one, not, one I, no, no. You're listen. You are. I, I told you this before. You write up everybody's ass. <laughs> they, they love would, getting nerdy about hardware. Uh, they one do. Thing our, our people love it's it's getting nerdy. They on hardware. do the hardware. Um, maybe next time we'll go like deeper. Uh, like you said, we just yeah. we did kind of a, a yeah. surface level thing. No, we do just a, do. a little deeper. Just yeah. a good good thing. If you can if you can hang on one sec, let me close things up sure. and then we'll we'll chat a little bit in a post show. Just a yeah. couple reminders. Uh, of course, uh, don't forget if you we do have a Patreon link that's available. If you want to subscribe or support us on Patreon, you can do that. Theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon gets you there. Join us in the Discord group, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. Facebook is the same way, just theaverageguy.tv slash Facebook. You can head over there, contact the show, send me an email, Jim at theaverageguy.tv. Always love to hear from you and and Maybe some you saw a whole bunch of stuff or heard a whole bunch of stuff from Jay, what he's got there. Maybe you'd like to hear something from Jay. Send me an email. We'll try and work that in the next time we get him on here, and, uh, and it'd be good to hear from you. Don't forget TheAverageGuy.tv, both web and media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. Of course, you know that's Christian. Uh, I got to get him back on a Cyber Frontiers. We haven't done that in a while. That was cycling up here on the screen. I was like, oh, it's been a while. It's oh, five or six weeks, so it's probably time. So visit maplegrovepartners.com. Don't forget plans and pretty good custom plans. Start 10 bucks a month 
and uh, that gets you just about everything you need. Then don't forget, download us on your phone, uh, Android, iPhone, both, homegadgetgeeks.com. We'll get that done. Best way to listen on the road or anywhere to get that done. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at the Archguy. TV slash live. We've got Ed Sullivan, not the old Ed Sullivan, the new Ed Sullivan. Come on, Mike. We're talking humidor and cigar tech next week. Jay, you, you cigar guy at all, Jay? A little bit. Getting into it as, you know, I'm getting older, getting a little more uh, <laughs> refined in my years. So. I like it. Well, me, by the I'll way, I'm, I'm way older than you and I'm just getting into it. So it's, uh, <laughs> but Ed sent us a couple cigars. Mike, I got to get over to you. I, I know. We got to smoke these things. I think Sunday. What do you got going Sunday? Oh, yeah, that could work. See? Okay. Little football, a little cigar. A little football, yeah, some cigars. A little football, a little cigar. So Ed's got some great recommendations and some things around cigars and technology. He, he is coming on next week. And then we've been talking about this one for a while. The guys over at Next Cloud are coming in two weeks. Talk a little about what's going on there. And they've had some announcements on a lot of stuff. And so the both I think both founders uh, will be joining us in two weeks for that as well. Love to have you join us for those. You can always uh, just come out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. And we'd love to have you join us. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.